Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, December 8th. We are here live. It is a free-for-all today. Anything goes. I'm going to open the phone lines right now. Start dialing. I don't have much to talk about this morning, so it's really all about what is on your mind. If you've got a question, a comment, a topic, pick up the phone and join me. 855-950-3835. Jump in early. Let's get started. We can talk about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority, you name it. We'll talk about it today. All you have to do is pick up the phone and join me. A couple things going on here. We've got uh, the start of our transformation on the tribe websites. We'll start rolling out today. So we're making some pretty big changes to our entire web strategy. We're really combining a lot of our websites to kind of simplify things, minimize some of the logins, and just make everything easier to find. And the first step in that will happen sometime today. As we roll out those changes, you'll see them. nothing major on your end right now. This will just be, you'll see some different navigation. Things will look a little different. Uh, At some point in the next several months, we will continue this transition and we'll start combining the websites. That'll happen over the next couple months. Let's Truck University will be merged in. All the courses will be available and the two tribes will become one. So we're, we're taking three websites down to one. And also a lot of the content that's on Let's Trucks, not always easy to find, uh, that will be migrated over to the new site as well. Uh, At some point, we will change the subscription model, uh, again, to simplify it so you're not going to have multiple subscriptions. We will have a package that includes all of our courses at one subscription price, and we'll also include uh, the tribe site and the premium subscription for the radio content going forward as well. So a lot going on that's going to get started today. I see calls are just starting to come in, so keep them coming. 855-950-3835. I am also uh, traveling again this weekend. I'll be working this weekend at a really kind of a medical conference. This one's a little different for me. This one is primarily targeted towards doctors, MDs. Most of the speakers uh, are MDs. It's an anti-aging, but it is a functional medicine group. So really looking um, not so much for the information. There are a couple sessions I do want to sit through. There are actually a lot of sessions. It's all day Uh, Actually, there's some things going on today. I'll get in later today. Uh, Tomorrow, all day, Saturday, all day, and Sunday, uh, most of the day. Uh, I'll also get a chance to meet uh, Dr. Wolfson. Uh, We're going out to dinner tomorrow night, and he's got some other doctors I'll be meeting. So I'm really kind of 
going to this event more to do some networking and possibly find some more doctors we can refer out to when we get the the true medical cases. So that was kind of a last minute decision, but I think it'll be a good one. Um, we'll see how that goes. It is snowing like crazy again here. Um, I kind of like it. Normally, I don't really have to go out in it. Today, though, I got to go to the air. I got up this morning at three o'clock, took Chelsea to the airport. And the first 20 miles was some of the worst driving conditions I've seen in a long time. I was the first one on the road. Uh, there weren't even any tracks on the highway. And it was just a pure whiteout. Couldn't see the road at all. Couldn't see much in front of me. Um, you just kind of aimed to stay between the guardrails was about the best you could do. And then, like it does often here, um, 20 miles west, and it was just pure rain. So I had heavy snow, then slush, then sleet, then some freezing rain, and then it finally just turned to rain in Portland. Uh, but it's still coming down here. This morning when I looked, we were supposed to get two or three inches. Looks like we might have about six already, and it's still coming down pretty heavy. So I think the, uh, the electric snowblower is going to get a workout this winter. Normally, if we have this kind of weather this early, and this is kind of early for us, um, it probably means a lot of snow for the next month or so. Uh, like I said, I like it most of the time. It's really pretty here. Most of the time, I don't have to go out in it. So uh, what else do we have going on? Just a couple things I did want to mention. Um, this is my last live show of the week, so I want to get something, a couple of these things in. Um, one thing to be aware of for taxes this year, the IRS is really uh, clamping down on the money people are starting to make on the internet, lots of different ways. This is actually part of the American Rescue Plan, that $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill. You know, they have to figure out how to pay for that stuff because the government doesn't have any money. That's us that has all the money. So now they're, they're coming after you. Um, they are requiring all of the internet platforms to start issuing 1099s. Now, the, the big change in the law here, most people weren't aware of this, but the rules for money you earned on the internet, um, you were actually allowed to make less than, if you made less than $20,000 and conducted fewer than 200 transactions in a tax year, you were actually exempt from paying tax on those earnings. That's not the case anymore. They changed that. Now, the dollar figure is just $600 and there's no longer a minimum number of transactions. Now, when it comes to situations like Uber and Lyft and Instacart where people are doing this whether it's full-time or as a second job or a second income, that should be taxed. I mean, that, that is a business that's, that should be taxed. I really don't have a problem with that. I was actually shocked that they did the $20,000 exemption up until now. 
But the other area that people are going to get stuck in and screwed on because they're not going to know is if you sell something now on Amazon Marketplace one time for the year, if you sell a couch or a TV or a lawnmower or whatever, truck or a car on Amazon Marketplace or any of these other online marketplaces, you will now have to pay tax on that money. So that's going to get confusing for a lot of people, especially um, when it comes to vehicles and some of the weird rules about selling vehicles. But if you sell anything, uh, people selling on Etsy, Etsy's big for people who make things at home like uh, food items or craft items. Most people don't make a lot of money on Etsy, uh, but now you will be required to pay tax on that. So Just know if you're doing anything online, um, that is now going to be tracked. The platforms are going to be required to report that income to the IRS. Another thing we talked about this uh, earlier this year, a while back, but it looks like it's getting worse. Um, Law enforcement is warning people again about thieves stealing control modules in trucks. So the, uh, the CPC module, um, seems like there's a real shortage of those and thieves are stealing them and they're being sold for an awful lot of money on the, uh, the black market. So be careful. Southern California seems to be a, um, the hot spot for this. They had a couple tips here, basically common sense stuff, park in illuminated areas, park around surveillance cameras or with security, install an alarm system on your vehicle. Um, when exiting your vehicle, roll up all windows, lock the doors and ensure the keys are in your possession. Where do we really have to tell people that? This one confuses me a little bit. Enable password protection for the CPC. I don't know that these thieves will know that it's password protected, though. I'm not sure how much good this would do. They may not be able to use it after they steal it, but I have a feeling they're if they steal it off your vehicle and then find out that it's password protected, I'm pretty sure they're not bringing it back and reinstalling it for you. So I'm not really sure if that one makes any sense or not. So keep an eye out. Um, Like I said, Southern California seems to be the hot spot for that. This is another one we've been talking about, and I really wish they weren't doing it, but they are. Uh, Starting January 1st, there's a new tax credit for alternative fuel infrastructures and commercial EVs and related items. Um, 15% of the vehicle purchase price for plug-in hybrid EVs, 30% of the vehicle price for EVs and fuel cell EVs. Uh, the inner, the incremental cost of the vehicle compared to an equivalent internal combustion engine vehicle. Maximum credits uh, may not exceed $7,500 for vehicles under 14,000 pounds. And you can get a tax credit up to $40,000 for vehicles above 14,000 pounds. That's just wrong. 
In my opinion, that is absolutely wrong. That is the government picking winners and losers. Most small fleets and owner-operators are not going to jump on the electric truck movement. There's way too much risk in it. There's way too many unknowns. It's one thing for a big company like Schneider to go under order 100 trucks. If it goes horribly wrong, it's just a line item on their P&L. It's not going to put them out of business. But small fleets and owner-operators just can't take that much risk. But they're going to take your money and give it to companies like Schneider for taking these electric vehicles or putting in charging stations or this is what I've said is the is the worst part of this whole electric vehicle thing is that it's not the free market. It is the government picking winners and losers and they almost always tend to pick losers and give our money to them and waste it. it it's just wrong, but it's happening. So Keep in mind, elections really do have consequences. Um, all right. This is starting to sound like a, uh, a Kevin's commentary, so I think I'm going to get to the calls. They're starting to pile up. Keep them coming. Let's go to Oklahoma. Sarah, welcome to the program. Good morning. Um, on the electric vehicles, you know, when we purchased a new new truck years back we had to start registering with CARB and tell them every year uh, yes we have a vehicle that's compliant and every year we have to certify that so I got an email the other day from CARB inviting us to come to to attend an online webinar full day on move to zero how to change your entire fleet over to zero emissions including um including infrastructure and something else. And I'm just like, oh, anyway. There's there's so much um, wrong with that. First off, I just think the government needs to stay out of this and stop giving our money to other companies or people that that buy these things. That's not a free market. If if these things are as good as they want us to believe, the free market will will put them into service when it makes sense. We're going to screw this up just like we have so many other times because the government's involved. And, and again, they're taking our money to do this. But here's the other thing that, that is just so false and misleading. These vehicles are not zero emissions. It's not even close. Well, you have to use something to produce the electricity to charge them. Absolutely. We, we, uh, unless we were using pure solar or wind or water or some other form, which we're not, it, it's still a big part of this is coming from natural gas, a little bit from coal. These are not zero emission vehicles, and they need to stop saying that. Yeah. What I, what I really called about was hydration. Okay. Um, the article that you posted uh, yesterday, oh, yes, um, we had our phones taken from us for five hours. I missed the entire show yesterday. Um, do you think that emulsifying fat in with the coffee could affect how it hydrates or dehydrates a person's body? You know, I think there's still a lot about Maybe hydration. the emul- 
we don't know. Somebody posted something this morning, and I, I, I've had a really busy morning, so I didn't have time to follow it up, but I want to check later. Somebody posted something, some article that said, milk hydrates faster than water. I, I don't know if that's true or not, and, and even if it is, I'm not sure that we should really put much focus on that. Uh, I, I've always thought of mm. milk as a food, not really a beverage. It, it, I think it's closer to a food than it really is a beverage. And we, I don't think we should be looking at things like that for hydration. You know, it, let, let's just yeah. kind of focus on good, clean water. And I know we, you know, we drink coffee and I'm, I'm coming up with all these functional drinks. And I will tell you that when I'm testing this and I'm drinking sometimes three of these things a day, I know I test one in the morning, I'm working on a recipe for the afternoon and the evening. And then sometimes, you know, I'll finish my night with a cup of, you know, tea, chamomile tea or something like that. I am almost overhydrated most of the time now. So the, these types of drinks will hydrate you. But I, I just, it's almost like we're, we're making, and I think we always have made too big of a deal about this whole hydration thing with all these formulas. And, I, you know, just, just drink water, you'll be fine. I don't think we need to make that big of a deal about it. It maybe there's something more to it. I'm, I've never really read or seen anything. If you're asking, you know, emulsifying the fat, does that change it? Well, if it does, then that may explain the milk thing. There's a lot of fat in milk, so maybe there is something about that in hydrogen. Because you're, remember, you said when you have sometimes when you have two cups of NDK coffee, you don't really um, feel dehydrated. So I was wondering if um, perhaps that emulsifying the fat and the collagen and all that other stuff in with the coffee kind of negates the dehydration effect. And I don't know. Yeah. Here's the other, you know, I always talk about that formula where, you know, if you drink something Mm -hmm. caffeinated, then you have to drink one and a half times that in water. That never, ever made sense to me. I, I couldn't imagine that. Isn't the caffeine drink... coming in water? What's that? I said, isn't the caffeine coming in enough water? That's kind of my point. That Are you telling me because I drink 12 ounces of coffee, I'm now going to urinate out 18 ounces? I don't think that's what's happening. I don't see that happening at all. Um, I don't see, and I do realize caffeine is a, a slight diuretic, but like you just said, we delivered it with water. It, I, I, here's, here's what they're saying, really. What if you just drank coffee all day? I mean, we've had a caller the last couple of weeks who was drinking two pots a day of coffee. Well, shouldn't he be completely dehydrated all the time then? By that concept, you would think so. Right. It doesn't even make sense. He wouldn't be able to drink enough water to overcome that much loss if that were truly happening. I just don't know where they came up with that crazy formula. Like I said, if I, with all these functional drinks that I'm drinking all day long, and several of them have caffeine... I'm not drinking much water because I don't need to. I'm already taking in an awful lot of liquid every day. 
Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing we should probably pay a little more attention to is if somebody moves from a diet where they were eating a lot of plant foods, maybe a lot of vegetables, a little bit of fruit, and they go to a carnivore diet, you absolutely need to up your intake of liquids. We get a lot of our hydration because from they, plant foods when we eat them. Right. I just ate a cup, uh, cup of celery while I was done. Of course, you stole half of the pieces. But um, <laughs> you get a lot of water and celery and cucumbers. And, a lot. Yeah, you got to think about that if you do, do cut vegetables out. Yeah. Yeah, you, you figure that out if you ever try to dehydrate things like celery and cucumbers. They almost disappear when you dehydrate them. There's almost nothing left. They're mostly water. So if you were eating a lot of plant foods and you're moving towards a, a more carnivore animal-based diet, then you should up your fluid intake. I had one meal that I wanted to actually say something to Eric. Is there any way to get ideas to him about the Garmin? Because what I had was there's a little line in the middle on the bottom of the screen that tells me the highway I'm on. Like right now, it says I-44. Like, but also on the map, there's an icon of the highway that tells me I'm on, what I'm on. And usually, I know what highway I'm on. <laughs> what would be more useful to me is the county that I'm in because 99.9% of the time I have no clue what county I'm in and one thing that affects us like all day every day and especially in the summer and tornado season is weather warnings are issued by county and almost never by highway. That is a really good point. I like that. And that does make a lot more sense. We don't normally need to know what highway we're on. If we don't know what highway we're on, <laughs> we, we're probably in more trouble. Probably than, trouble. Yeah. So you're right. That's they, a really they've good covered point. That. There's an icon on the road. It, right. There's an icon on the road of the highway I'm on all. It, right. Yeah. So I would like to know what county I'm in. I like that idea. Um, th- what I would do is submit that to um, uh, our support team. Just support at Let's Truck and, and okay. we'll get it over to him. And, and Eric is always open to those kind of ideas, so we'll get it to him. Okay, great. Thanks, and have a great time at the conference. Looking forward to learning new stuff through that. Yep, will do. We'll get a full report. Uh, prob- I'll probably hold off on that till Wednesday. I may, um, may record a commentary early next week. I did not do a single commentary this week. Uh, it's just been a weird week schedule-wise and um, just weird morning, so I haven't had time. I, I've got all kinds of notes. I just didn't get time to record them. Let's go to North Carolina. Steve, welcome to the program. Morning, Kevin. Good morning. What's on your mind today? You there? Yeah. Okay. There we are. We get a little delay. <laughs> Sorry about that. I should have went right on into it. Morning. I went into it. Uh, yeah. Uh, we got, you know, we, we've got the, uh, 1099s at $600 coming up, but there was a little something wrong there. You, uh, you could, could have up to 20,000 in the previous year, say 19,000 in Venmo. If you ran a business, 
But if you're running a business, you had to pay tax on it. They just had no 1099 to track you. So it was basically on the honor system. And there were probably a lot of people that weren't paying taxes on that money. Any business we do have to, we do have to pay the tax on. You but know, there was no 1099 that, until you hit 20000 That's I I thought that too, but both articles that I read, and I'm actually going to um, send this over to uh, Travis, our accountant, and I'm also going to send yeah. it. Um, I, I, yeah, that's Travis, what I yeah, thought, but and, these, uh, and, uh, both of but, these articles specifically said if this was internet-based, under $20,000 and under 200 transactions, you did not have to pay tax on the money. And I thought, that's not the way I always understood I, this. I, I, I just thought they didn't report it. Right. Okay. Now, I think what they're kind of talking about there, they should be distinguishing. My daughter is really good at selling things on Facebook, uh, you know, yard sale things. And all. rather than rather than putting ads on, on Craigslist or anything, she goes through there and we'll, we'll give her things out of our house that we won't sell. She'll sell them. It's not a taxable situation, uh, and and but she has a whole lot more than six hundred. She'll get Venmo for that, but she'll have an explanation for it. She she's keeping at least keeping records on everything that she's selling. It's all household stuff. It's not this is not a business, and so I'm, I'm thinking that they're talking about people like that. But they should make it more clear because in this country, if you run a business and make in any income, you do have to <laughs> you do have to claim it. Um, and, and, and with it, with the internet. Now, I think they're confusing apples and oranges. There used to be a certain amount that you could go to an internet before you had to charge sales tax. If you had a, uh, if you had a, a, a physical presence in that state, like, like you don't have to charge me for sales tax because I'm in North Carolina and you're in Oregon, but Amazon has to on every, everybody because they have, they have places in every state. At one time, there was like a $20,000 limit before you had to pay sales tax, but I think that went away a while back. So, um, so like I say, I, I would run that by Travis, uh, uh, our, our guy with, uh, with Per Diem Plus. Yeah, Mark um, Sullivan. That we have Sullivan. Yeah, I'm going to run it by Mark, too, Mark, because yeah. they, they not only, it, it's not even confusing wording in there. Their wording was really clear. They used yeah, all the words that when I read well, it, I thought I did not realize that that was ever a tax law. So whoever wrote it, it isn't even like it's vague. Or They were clear that you could, they mentioned services like uh, Uber and Lyft. And uh, now I, I kind no, of no, no, get, no, 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 Uber and Lyft, Uber and Lyft, you got, yeah, you exactly. got, you got are, to pay, you got to pay tax. Yeah, and like I said, are, if, if yeah, that were the case and they, they were exempting that, they shouldn't. I mean, you should have to pay tax on that. You know, it's money. almost it's almost yeah. It's it's almost like those two journalists have gone to our 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 recent journalism schools because they tell like us lies it. all the time and news stories. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it sounds kind of like that. I mean that that they just you know I mean just flat out missed the boat on it. But yeah, because I, mean, I yeah, there are a lot of people that can make a little money. But like I say, it, I think you know, those kind of transactions are meant for like my daughter. You know, she'll probably do two or three thousand dollars a year selling things that she has or things we have. Uh, she's giving the money to us, 
Uh, it's not, you know, if you're not getting more than you pay for it. It's no capital gain. You know, if you had, you know, if you, if you bought something and sold it for more, you'd have to pay a gain on it. And it's a household item. Uh, now she may get, she will probably get a 1099 from Venmo. And then, you know, I'll address it on her return. I'll pay, I may put a note in there that, you know, that she you know, had, had household, household sales of, you know, yard sale things that she took Venmo for. And I may put a note in there preemptively. Uh, of course, there again, hers is so easy, but that, that, that 1099 that Venmo will send to the government would flag to her return. So I, I right. definitely want to put something in there to let them know she does not run a business. Um, and, you know, and what it is. And if they, if they, if they come after somebody that small, yeah, I don't think they will. Uh, yeah, it's going to be enough easy ones out there. There's enough, you know, there's enough misclassification in trucking out here with all the, with all the, uh, 1099 employees, quote unquote, uh, out here for them to go after and get bigger money, you know, and, uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot there, but, uh, I really enjoyed Travis, by the way. Um, and, um, and I, for somebody that for, uh, for what the last, uh, 50 years, I've done my own tax returns. I'm getting, you know, I'm getting in, 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 in the real estate, uh, uh, investments right now. And I am, uh, I am going to, I'm some way I need to, I need some outside looks at my stuff, uh, going forward. So I, I was, yeah, you know, he's probably I've, the best, um, I've always told people if you aren't complete, I, I love it when people do their own tax return, when they know what they're doing, you clearly do. You've done yours for many years. You've done a lot of other people. Um, but I've encouraged people, even owner operators, if you're willing to do some reading and, and put the work in, I really think that for small businesses, learning how to do your own tax return is not a bad thing at all. I've even told people, look, go go yeah. down and take H&R Block's course in the fall. Uh, every year they run courses all over the country. Go take it. And, and they'll teach you the basics. And then yeah. with some reading and some research, you can usually figure out the other issues. But at a certain point, the opposite advice is good too. I, I've done thousands of tax returns in, in my time. I don't do mine anymore. I haven't done our tax return in probably ten years. No. Yeah. Well, getting into the like say the resort real estate, uh, you know, summer rentals and all that that's going to be a totally different animal from what I'm used to. Uh, you know, I'm used to I'm used to our rules in trucking. You know, as far as tax taxes go. But, uh, you know, and, and I was just impressed enough with him. Matter of fact, um, as a matter of fact, I am, uh, I am looking for, a, you know, I'm, 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 I'm looking for a, maybe a 12 or 14 year old son that's really tech savvy that I can put on the payroll to help with the website, website design and some social media stuff. Cause they, yeah. they're a lot better than we are at that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, so yeah. I'm, you know, there are things and I, and, and the, the Augusta rule, I had heard about that before. I really thought that was a scam, oh, but no. he explained it to the point where it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. It, and I really thought that that was, that was, that was, that was, I really thought that was a scam. I, I, I looked at that as saying audit flag, audit flag. <laughs> yeah. And you know, but the thing is, is you've got everything, you got everything in one, for one year in one file cabinet drawer. If they come and audit, you know, what you need, you know, uh, you know, what do you need? Sir? You know, I mean, you can hand it all to them. You know, like you said, they're going to go through a couple of months of your fuel receipts to make sure they, they add up to what you add. You know, they're, they're going to look to see whether you're doing good every, every day accounting 
and if they see that, they're going to see that, that yeah, there's nothing to be had here. I'm going to be wasting my time. They're going to move on. And yeah, uh, so as long as you're, you know, as long as you're good with your record keeping, doing your own taxes, it's not a big problem. It really isn't. Yeah, uh, as long the, as you uh, do the work to learn, learn what you need. Using the Augusta rule was probably the biggest break, I think, that he found for us that we weren't taking before. And for us, it's really, really easy to maximize it every year. We all we have to do is have our sure. employees come out and, you know, we can keep them all here in the house. That's why we're building this thing as a bed and breakfast. And for the most part, we can get away with charging that off as a lot of money because in the summertime, there's no place to stay in the gorge. I, it, it, forget price. Exactly. You, you just can't find places to stay. Even Portland used to be really difficult to, to find a place even in Portland. Uh, I would imagine with the reputation Portland's got over the last couple of years, it might be a little easier to find someplace there. But here out in the gorge, if you don't book months in advance, you can't get a place to stay out here in the summer. Nah, yeah, that's true. And, and with the yeah, with what you've got there, you can charge top dollar. I mean, even if you have a board meeting with your with your wife and and go over the monthly stuff, and you do that one time one day a month. Uh, for, for 12, 12 months, 12, 12 months, that's uh, 12 of the 14 days. If you did that and charged $200, I don't think that would be 200 for each. I don't think that would be any problem whatsoever at home. That's, that's those of us that are out here. But like I say, with, yeah. with the size of your place and bringing your crowd in, you could probably charge a couple of thousand uh, for I, the day. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I was just going to say, or we, so. <laughs> we can justify $3,000 a night. If, if we have this place fully booked, we can justify $3,000 a night. That's about what it will bring in the summertime here. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, at, at Augusta, they, some of them folks get ten dollars to $20,000 for the week. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, they're able to charge they're, they're able to charge all of that off because that's the market. That's yep. when, you got the, when you got the richest people in the world coming in to watch a golf tournament. They don't want to stay in a hotel. They want to stay in your place, you know. And so uh, – well, like I say, I was very impressed with him. Uh, you know, much, much. Yeah, like I say, uh, I'm glad you kind of opened him up to the tribe. Let's put it that way. So, here's um, here's now, what I. I just hope they don't get so overwhelmed with tribe members. I can't get in with him. <laughs> yeah, here here's the the thing I absolutely love about Travis. There has never been an idea that I've asked him about that was ever too crazy. I mean, he's just open to whatever. I'll come up with all kinds of crazy ideas and he'll go, well, let me think about that for a while. He never just says, oh, no, we can't do that. Uh, he's willing to push the right. limit. If, if if I can come up with a reasonable argument or he can, then he'll give it a shot. And and that's exactly what I want. You know, it, don't cheat. I don't want to outright cheat ever. Um, I like sleeping at night and I don't want to have to worry about the IRS pointing at something that I just absolutely can't justify. It, it's just plain cheating. And, and people do that because it's easy. You know, let's just pad the numbers. Well, it, yeah, it's easy, but it's also yeah, I mean, really, really easy for the IRS to catch you doing that, and you have no justification whatsoever. And their penalties are big. Some penalties can be 100% oh, yeah. when you're just outright cheating. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I never want to do that. The numbers are the numbers. I, I only use the numbers I can absolutely prove. But it's these other strategies 
that I'm wide open to, and Travis is as well, and he's he's really good at uh, finding these kind of things. Yeah, he would. He would. Uh, he hit one. He, I know one that he would. He would knock down very quickly because I know you. You do. Uh, all these guys calling up. Well, I got all these deadhead miles. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was. I can say there. There are some things that people come up with that are ridiculous. But but you know, any like you said, anything that's legitimate that you can defend as as you know as a your business. Uh, that that's kind of it. And yeah. uh, you know, so he. He came up with a lot of good ideas, but he, the thing I liked about him is he, even when he was answering your questions on here, he, he didn't just blurt it out. You know, he would, he would, he would think of, you know, that's a good question. You're thinking for a couple of seconds then exactly the way you want to put it because he was, he was, you know, he was putting it that way. So his audience would not get the wrong idea about things. You yeah. know, and that's what a lot of people do. They try to please the audience. They'll come out with the answer real quick, and I like that. Well, like I say, very we we like him a lot, but uh, I did want to call about that. Uh, that I think people, I, you know, I think a lot of if people read that article, <laughs> they may get in a little trouble. Uh, they may get in a little trouble about the uh, you know about the about the the business part of it because it is a business. They do have to do it, uh, and and uh, I've got some people in my family that Uber and they. They have to do it. I mean, there's yeah, there's no doubt Absolutely. about it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And uh, and U- Uber's. We- yeah, and they were actually they're actually sending ten ninety nine on any amounts. Uh, I mean, we we do. actually so, at at, uh, at one point several years ago when when this really started to grow, we talked about uh, modifying our app, creating a second app um, for people who did gig economy work, and I, it just it was just one more project yeah. we didn't have time for, and we didn't want to get sidetracked on things, but. Um, we could have built them a really, really good mobile app to keep track of that kind of stuff. I'm sure somebody has. Um, there, I'm sure there are some good apps yeah. out there for people doing that. But uh, well, most yeah, you know, most of those guys aren't. Yeah, they're not, most of them aren't having to pay any tax because most of them were what they earn. Their their actually mileage rate of you know, business mileage rate takes care of just about all of their income. Uh, only the ones that are smart, you know, that, that work the clubs on Friday and Saturday night at, you know, 11 to 3, you know, that can get high dollar uh, for, because of things like that. They're the ones making money. They're not an awful lot of people making much money with Uber. Now, their their expenses are not 62 cents a mile, so they, they are making some money, but they're not showing any profit on, on, on their tax return. A lot of them are. It's, it's pretty much a wash. Uh, for most of them, and uh, but they are making a little money. Like I say, if you need, if you, I want them folks to be there. I I do not want to have to go back to taxi cabs. <laughs> oh, ab- absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I, the government I, wants to get rid of them, you know. So I agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, All Steve, right. Well, look, you the, have a very nice- update on that. I got to move along. Calls are starting to pile up. It is a free for all today. Anything goes. Pick up the phone and join me. Eight five five nine five zero. Three eight three five. We're off to Florida. Fred, welcome. Hey, Kevin. Uh, just want to shine a quick light on this six hundred dollar uh, IRS scam. Um, now we've been talking about the gig economy and selling things on these various sites. Let's just put it in plain English here. Let's just say you and Lisa, say Sarah and Vic, and me and my wife decide that we we need a we need a long weekend, and I use my connections in Vegas. And we get four days there for 600 bucks for each couple. All right. So I pay for the tickets. We get down there. You Venmo me 600 
Sarah Venn owes me $600. I'm on libel for taxes on that if I can't prove that that was just a personal transfer. They, the article I didn't sell did, anything. I didn't, the I, article did address that, and they actually claimed that the payment transfer apps, like Zelle is a big one. Zelle allows people to transfer money back and forth with their phone. Right. They claimed right. that those were not going to be flagged. Okay. I, I've heard a whole bunch of stories around this. That's why I say it that way. But that if we, you just transfer money over a dinner or something like that, or, you know, people have babysitters, kids that come in and they spend, you know, 200 bucks, maybe 300 bucks a month, 500 bucks a month. If it's over $600 a month, you got to have a record of why that $600 a month transfer happened. I would just warn people that if you do money transfers like that often, I would keep records to make it easy to prove that that was just somebody reimbursing you for, like you said, you, you, you bought the tickets or you split a dinner or, or whatever it might be. Right. And again, they did address it in the article, right. said those types of payments were not going to be flagged. But it sounds like they got a lot of things wrong in this article. So I'm not sure I trust anything that's in there. Yeah. Right, right. And, you know, the government has a way of making everything we do, uh, you know, cost prohibitive for us. So I I just don't trust any of that. I've never used this stuff, but I know one of my girls, one of my daughters uses, uh, I think, Venmo or Zelle to pay someone for right. some, you know, babysitting services. And New York, New York is expensive, so it, it's quite a bit of money, you know. And, uh, you know, the girl's a college girl and, you know, don't want her to get screwed up. And I don't want my daughter to get screwed up. So I, when I heard this last year, I heard it from uh, Grover Norquist when he was talking about the um, – this was for the uh, – Inflation Reduction Act, beginning of the year when they passed that, like $1.2 billion to raise inflation. Right. <laughs> right. Um, uh, you know, this was, this was in that bill, and it, and it, and it went in effect immediately, and, it, and it's for 2022. So I would really, you know, get, get, get together with your tax preparer people and find out the nuts and bolts of this because it really can come back to bite someone in the, in the rear end. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, you know, here's just to get a little political again, um, the tax law changes that Trump put in place in 2016, almost everything about those changes simplified things. Uh, it would, it made it a lot easier for most people to do their tax return uh, we were actually getting close to the whole, you know, postcard tax return for some people. It would have been that easy. Uh, this and this wasn't even a tax bill. This was that stupid rescue America. You know, we're going to print a bunch of money to try to tame inflation, which is totally bass backwards. Right. But they threw a right. bunch of these tax rules in there because they have to figure out how to pay for this stuff. And they're coming after us because that's their only source of money. The problem is they're going after right. the people and that are that are at the bottom of the pile. All of these rules affect people right. that and are struggling just to make ends meet. The way the way this is going to play out is that this is going to justify the 80 
million eighty billion dollars for the IRS, eighty seven billion dollars for the IRS for the eighty seven yeah. or eighty thousand new agents. Exactly. They're going to say, "Look at all these tax cheats." Yeah. You know, and and they're going to justify this by by you know moms paying you know kids to babysit or you know or or anything else. You know, what I mean, any but it's going to come down to the lower lower scale people. Yeah. I mean, the, the people that have the money have the have the wherewithal to to do things, you know, pay people to make sure they don't do it wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, uh, and, so and a lot the, of this people, is not geared for them. A lot of people are going to get caught up in this, not because they were trying to cheat or avoid paying taxes, just because it's overly complicated and they don't understand it. Correct. Correct. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's an... Inflation Reduction Act might have been bipartisan. I think a handful of Republicans voted with that too. But they did. I, I, it, the waters are so muddy up there. I don't even know anymore. I mean, the new the newest one is there's there's a bunch of Republican senators and a, a few of them are retiring. They're trying to to make an amnesty bill for these illegals coming across the border. Now, that's the latest one before before the uh, before the end of the year. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, they, and this is, they, uh, this is that Richard Burr who got caught by who got caught for a stock fraud and and he's retiring from North Carolina. And uh, uh, Tom Tillis and Arizona in Alabama. These are people that were supposed to be conservative and they're 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 doing this. There's a couple other ones, too. I forget the names. Um, yeah. They're doing it with Christian cinema from Arizona, and she's well, she's a she's a left liberal, so but she's actually pretty centered. But but anyway, um, I, I don't want to go too far off into politics. Uh, you know, I wanted to talk about incompetence and maybe uh, doing doing your due, due diligence with people that you've had in your circle for years. You get complacent with. Um, I just changed insurance brokers because of that same reason uh trying to get this tank operation off the ground and running into a couple of bumps as far as insurance and coverages and stuff like that and putting you know my agent who pretty much just collects his commission every year because i don't have any claims nothing really changes in my life and uh, you know when you put them to task they 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 keep dropping the ball and then can't secure certain policies don't know where to go to get certain policies so it it's been quite uh the task to research and find people on my own to get this done yeah um i, I i'll bet there's um yeah so oh, go ahead yeah i just you know i it makes me it makes me um just want to you know, kind of do a PSA out there. You know, I would, you know, I had this guy for years. He was a friend of mine from Long Island. And, um, you know, you, know you, you try to give your friends, you know, a, a leg up and and uh, people just get complacent. And I got complacent. And I'm sure he's gotten complacent because he has other people working underneath him now. And, um, you know, just uh, be be mindful Make sure these people are doing the job that they're supposed to be doing for everybody out there. Good point. And you don't need, you know, when you need them in, in times of down, you know, you, you know, make sure that these people know how to do things 
in an expedited fashion. You know, I, I don't expect things to be done yesterday, but I do expect when you put a request out and you verbally tell them what you need done and you send them paperwork on what, you know, you need to sign on boarding for a brokerage or, you know, or a carrier, uh, yeah. they, they know how to do this and get it done. They get it done right away. Yeah. Good point. You know, so, but, um, other than that, uh, you know, it's been a, it's been a crazy, crazy scene out here. Uh, work-wise, uh, flatbed rates have really, really fallen off the cliff compared to what they were. Now there's still, still make money out there, but flatbed rates have fallen off the cliff. I see a lot of low twos and even high dollar eighty, dollar ninety loads out there. So overall, um, I just read something from Noel Perry this morning. Overall rates, we are dead on for the average rate. If you average the rates from going all the way back to 07 up until like 19, early 20 prior to COVID, um, we are dead on that average right now. So if you were to average all those years, the rates all those years, you look at the rates today, we, we are dead on that average. So the whole COVID effect um, is, is kind of gone from the rates now. We're, we're kind of back to normal right. and we're at an average rate. So if people can't survive at today's rate, then they're just not going to survive, period. It, it's far more likely that those rates are going to get worse before they ever get better again. So if people are struggling now and we're seeing it, we're seeing companies go out of business and they're, they're claiming fuel prices are too high and rates are too low. Uh, this is just the normal operating environment right now. Right. Right. So I, I, you know, I, I, I mean, I took, I, because I've been trying to pull what the three hairs left out of my head, staying home, trying to get this off the ground. I said, I got to do something and get out of town for a couple of days just to clear my head. And uh, so I took, a, I posted this morning on the, on the truck and drive, took a big piece out to Florida. Pretty cool piece, you know, pretty interesting. It paid very well, plus it paid the permitting fees and stuff like that I needed. So it was a very good good run for me. You just happened to find it uh, searching a load board, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, There's still decent you know, And I'll be home there. tomorrow and- night. Like I said, we, we just, the rates are what they are right now. And th- these are pretty normal rates. And I'm seeing a lot of people complain that they, they can't make it. But we've been predicting this for a long time. How many times over the last four or five years have I said, we're going to have a big problem when people see what normal rates are? So many people that have got gotten into the business in, in the last 10 years have never really seen any kind of a downturn. Yeah, that's, that's you know, and you see it more and more. Uh, a lot of the customers I had that were weekly customers are gone because of, you know, the, the people that were ordering the products are either cut back or having their own struggle in this economy. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons I was transitioning into chemicals is because I think that that's 
not recession proof. I don't think anything's recession proof in a sense, maybe food, but, um, that, you know, I, the, the rates are legitimately because of such a specialty, you know, they are a lot yeah. higher, you uh, know, when, on, on, the, on the average. Yeah. When, when you look at, you know, what kind of things are, are safer in a downturn, um, something like food, even though we have to have it, really isn't all that safe. The, the same amount of freight might be moving, but there's going to be a lot more trucks competing for it. And it's not all that hard to go out and grab a reefer if, if the rates go up there. So even though food and, and those kind of things are absolutely necessary, doesn't mean the rates are going to be all that great in a downturn. Now, what you just mentioned your safest bet is something that's more specialized and harder to get into. You know, hauling cars. Yep. The number of cars being moved might go yep. down and, and rates will go down, but it can only go so low. Uh, you, you've, you, so in those, those niche kind of markets that require special skills or special equipment and they're harder to move into, very few people are going to say, Oh, look, the, the drive-in rates suck. Let me go get a car hauler. I, that almost never happens. Right. Um, but a flatbed right. or a, a reefer, eh, not that big of a deal. Even tanker, that, that's more specialized. Not, not as many people are going to be willing to just jump into that. So I think it, it's those kind of specialty niches that require either special skills or special equipment that are safer in a downturn. Yes, yes. Uh, there's, there's a, uh, one of the one of our tribe members kind of put me in touch with some people too, which was very nice of him. Go out of his way and take a chance. And I wanted to, you know, if he's listening, I want to say thank you to him too. I already told him thank you, but you know, yeah, wanted to, good. You know, good. he, uh, you know, you know, it's it's nice when you have people that will take a chance, go out of their way to help someone else. You know, it, it's, you know, so, it, it, it's part of the whole tribe. You know, we, we see a lot of that going on. Yeah. We've seen relationships made over the years and people uh, sharing things like this. We, we love to see that. It's just good for everybody. Right, right, right. So, I mean, I don't know where it's going to lead, but it definitely is an avenue to, to hopefully explore and possibly, you know, make some money on, make some money on. Excellent. Yeah. So anyway, but, um, this cardio miracle, uh, Oh, I got a quick story. Okay. <laughs> You're going to love this. So Tuesday I'm going out, uh, to load that big, that big, uh, concrete beam I had. Right. So my father-in-law calls me out of the blow and uh, we chat all the time. And you know, I said, what's going on? He says, well, I just got my blood work and my doctor told me I got to stop taking that vitamin D. I'm, I have my blood, vitamin D is off the charts too high. So I said, okay. I said, so w what is the number? You know? So he says, I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to stop taking these drops. I said, well, listen, George, I said, let me, let me ask you a question. I said, the advice I've been giving you, I said, has, has make you feel, because he's lost 20 pounds. He's feeling good. And he's only made tweaked and he's 83. So I don't expect him to be a health nut, you know, but, but you know, the, the, the minor tweaks he's done to his diet has really shown some big improvements in his life. Right. 
Right. So he says, well, you know, everything you've, everything you've told me has worked out great. And I said, okay. I said, listen, I said, now the medical community, they feel that 30, 30, the number on the chart at 30 is a high number and they want you somewhere between, you know, 18 and 30, um, on, on their scale. I said, from what I've read and what I've, what I've come to believe, you're better off being between 80 and 100 on the same scale. I said, which is high for the standard medical community. I said, everything I've told you has been working right now. Would you mind just finding out what your number is for me? I said, if you're over 100, I would agree with them. Let's, let's cut it back and take a, take a break. But let's see what the number is. You know, right. so he he was kind of reluctant and, you know, he was kind of reluctant and said, I don't know, maybe I'll find out. Well, he called me 20 minutes later because he was probably curious. Right. It was 83. Perfect. It was 83. Perfect. So so I said to him, I says, I said, you are perfect. How many drops are you doing? He was doing four. I cut him back to three because I gave him some cardio miracle. Yeah. I said, so why don't you go with one? Why don't you go at one three times a week for a little while and get tested again in, in a month or two and see where you are? Yeah. Great advice. You know, yeah. the idea that 30 yeah. is is okay is just so wrong. 30 is really low. It, nothing good happens right. when people have vitamin D levels around 30. The benefits all start kicking in, it seems to me, like past 50 and 80 to 100, there, there are no negative side effects whatsoever. Right. right. And I told him, I said, this will help you deal with things like COVID. This will help you just, there's so much that vitamin D does for our body positively that you having this, this heightened, uh, you know, uh, this elevated D from what you know, the doctor says, you're going to get so much more benefit than a, a standard 83-year-old that's just eating everything in sight. You, you don't even realize, I said to him. Yeah. yeah I said, exactly. now you do what you want. You do what you want. I said, you know, I'm, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm just here to give you my opinion and my advice. So he's like, okay. I said, you want to take two weeks off and start Christmas time, start doing one drop every, every other day. Because he's still doing a cardio miracle, so he's still going to get D in his system. Right. And we really have found that something in the cardio miracle, the, the combination of nutrients and minerals, something is helping our body either produce or hold the D better because it, it, it doesn't make sense how much our level goes up when we start taking the cardio miracle. We've, we've documented this with a lot of people now. If you look at the amount of vitamin D that's in there, it shouldn't really be raising our vitamin D levels nearly as much as it does. There's something in the cardio miracle right. that, that's making vitamin D work better in our body. So we do find that you, right. when you cut the, start the cardio miracle, a lot of times we do have to cut back the drops, not just because there's vitamin D in the cardio miracle, but because something else in there is making the whole vitamin D thing work better. Well, I remember when you had John on, you were talking about that, and I did catch that, and that's why I told him when I sent him the, the Cardio Miracle, and I told him, I said, just, you know, see how it goes, see how it makes you feel, take a cup, you know, a couple of teaspoons a day and some water, 
and see how it goes for you. You know what I mean? And it's been going, you know, he doesn't feel any difference, but he doesn't feel any bad effects either. So I said, good, shut up. Um, you know, on the, uh, on the cardio miracle, I got these, uh, individual packs. Now is, do you know if one of these sleeves are just one dose or is that the, the, what they recommend for the day? No, the, the individual packets, that's one serving. One serving. Okay. That's what I kind of thought. That's what I kind of thought. Yeah, they're, uh, they're right, really, cool. and, uh, I, really convenient. When I, I, I'm traveling today, so that's what I take with me, the individual sticks, because it's so much more convenient. Right, right. Yeah, that's, I like those. I just I threw them in the truck, and actually, uh, because he got two big 90, uh, 90s, whatever, the 90, the 90 servings, I asked him if I can have those individual packs, if he could send them back with my wife when you know, she comes home. He said, no problem, so... Good. At least I'll have a couple of packs in the in the truck without having that big thing yeah. uh, bouncing around in here. Um, one other question, and you may or may not know the answer to this. When you do all this incorporating with the sites, um, I do like the way the Healthy Tribe and the Trucking Tribe is separate as far as postings go. This way, you know, people who just want to learn about you know, health can just learn about health, and people that want to learn about adjusting an overhead can adjust an overhead. Um, are they still going to be separate on, 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 you yeah. know, when you go into the one app or are they going to be all kind of like a news feed like Facebook? Well, it can be like that. So here's how it would, will work. There will be a main news feed, but you will have total control right. over what you want to see there based on which spaces you join. So they'll all be there, but you. you don't have to see it. You don't have to see anything in your feed you don't want to see. You'll have a couple options. One, okay. there will be a health feed only. Um, so if you just want to go in there to see the health-related stuff, there will be trucking feeds only. But there's also going to be a main right. feed that you kind of control what shows up there. So it, it's... It, there's a lot more flexibility in the, uh, the new version. Okay. Okay. I was just, I was hoping for something to that effect where you can kind of general post. And then if you wanted to be specialized and help yep. someone or whatever, or go in just to comment on something, that's, that's good. I'm sure it's going to be good. I mean, uh, you, you, you know, you, Aaron takes his time and, and you guys put out a pretty good product, you know, from what I can see so far, yeah, I'm not you'll, the you'll... biggest tech savvy guy in the world. Yeah, I, I just noticed um, because the 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 they're rolling this out um, over the next seventy two hours. We'll be rolling out these changes. I did see that trucking tribe uh, has already been converted. Healthy tribe hasn't yet, so uh, you kind of see the difference between the two right now. And trucking tribe right now is kind of a mess. Um, some of the changes <laughs> we, we weren't able to make until we flipped the switch. So Aaron's probably in right. there already trying to, to start uh, cleaning up the navigation. So for a couple of days, it's going to look a little wonky. The same thing with Healthy Tribe. Um, the first order of business is kind of getting it cleaned up a little bit and then we'll start working on some of the bigger changes and, and moving towards that day when we combine the two. 
actually three, because we're, we're also uh, going to be combining uh, Let's Truck University. All the courses will now be in the tribe. Nice. Right. Now, now, the courses that people have already purchased, they'll still be able to access those. We are going to make sure we have to figure out how exactly yeah. we do that. We have a couple. We're, we're really hoping we can shut down Let's Truck University because one, it's one less login for people. Right. It's one less site for us to maintain. It's one less site. We, we have cost to all of these sites. So by combining them, we're also sure. lowering our cost. Um, but we've committed to if we have to keep that site up and running to make sure people have access, we will do that. Uh, you know, it, we may have to renew all of our um, licenses on that site for another year. And, and if we have to, we will. We're, we're really trying not to. I hate to spend the money if I don't have to, but right. we will make sure that anybody who's paid sure. for access will always have access to their courses. And right. it, it right. may okay. be that, okay. you good. know, good. if if we can figure it all out, that we just shut down that site and, you know, we give people some sort of a bonus, um, you know, we'll give them access to more courses or, or whatever, but we'll make sure that uh, nobody feels like they got cheated out of anything. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, another thing I would hopefully maybe suggest is um, you have some some of uh, your guests and some of the tribe, like uh, Mark just put out, he's going to be doing a podcast, you know, um, uh, on taxes and, and uh, navigating, <clears throat> navigating through the, the uh, that world. Uh, possibly, you know, having that like Kevin's commentary on your mobile app. Yeah. You know, where you can, you know, maybe catch catch Mark or, or Dr. Wolfson or, you know, someone to that effect. Yeah, that's that's already in the works. Uh, a couple possibilities. One, we we will continue to create new shows. We may even go look for, you know, host or talent or somebody that wants to do a show. And, you know, we have the infrastructure so we can make it easy. But we will also probably go out and find other good podcasts like Mark's would be ideal and just have them in right. our network as well. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I'm sure it's, it's always, uh, uh, you're, you're one that always think of new things to do and, and enhance what you've already done. So, which is excellent. I, I always enjoy, um, everything I've done, uh, that you've put out there. So, uh, it's all good. Well, we certainly appreciate the support. All right. We are going to keep moving today. The calls are piling up. I thought I was going to be, uh, and I've got to get to the airport, but it's later today. Um, I thought I was going to be out there clearing the driveways, but Lisa decided she wanted to play with the new snowblower. So she's actually doing it. Let's, uh, let's get to some more calls. Let's go to Arizona. Patrick, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Uh, I got a question about the biodiesel in California, but before I say that, I want to say I've been a carnivore 100% for over a year now, and I couldn't be I'm in the best shape ever, and I appreciate it. Outstanding. So the question I've got about the biodiesel is I'm very new to the owner-operator 
world. I have not done a if the taxes yet, but I have paid attention to what everybody says about the um, before tax price. And I have done most of my driving in Arizona, but I got the um, surprise that I was going to California this last week and figured I was going to have to fuel up in Arizona just to avoid the high prices over in California. But I was kind of surprised that it was cheaper in California. Kind of should have known that there would be a catch. Because the fuel tax is so high. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, but what caught me by surprise was when I got over there, um, they're really proud of their 20% biodiesel. I didn't think about that. And it kind of worried me. Um, I don't want to be putting anything bad in my truck. So I didn't know what to do. I bought just enough to get back to Arizona, but I hated giving up that price. But, you know, um, I just don't trust anything that California does. What What's your opinion on, on their diesel? So in the very beginning of biodiesel, and that, that goes way back now, um, we did see some quality issues, some filters clogging, um, it was primarily in the colder weather we started seeing the problems in the more northern states. I really haven't heard of many of those problems lately, though. I mean, there's an awful lot of biodiesel out there, and yet we don't really seem to see a lot of problems with it. You know, biodiesel in the beginning, I, I would say that it seems to be very inconsistent. There's multiple ways of making biodiesel, it can be made from different things, and the consistency didn't seem to be there. But I, I think they've improved that a lot over the years. I, I really don't get any calls with people complaining about biodiesel anymore. Okay, good to know. Good to know. That's where I come from is hauling fuel. And uh, I haul for a smaller chain. And the most we ever hauled was 5% biodiesel. So yeah, that's what I got used was, to. And when I saw that 20%, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, in the beginning, it was the B20 we were seeing more of the problems with. And again, it tended to be in the colder states when it got, you know, below zero. We were seeing filters clog. and But I, I just have not heard much about that. Now, I, I think what you did is is a good idea. You know, you don't if, if you've never used biodiesel in your truck before, the first time you use it, I might go a little easy. I might not, you know, totally fill it up. I might put some in and see how it runs and leave leave a little room in the tank in case I need to dilute it or just, you know, a couple test runs to see how well it performs in your truck and pay attention. But I just really don't get the kind of complaints I used to. Okay. Okay. Good to know. I appreciate it, Kevin. That's all I had for you. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Minnesota. John, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Um, you talking about the ECUs and your open started me thinking about catalytic converters and getting stolen. Oh, yeah. Um, around this area. Um, actually, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and some of the bigger cities the police department will actually crawl under your vehicle and mark your catalytic converter. So all the salvage yards know that if one comes in that's spray painted like that, not to take it. 
and to actually record, and the PD will come around and prosecute for stealing the catalytic converter. Huh. Interesting. I'm sure you will um, still get plenty yeah. of of uh, less than honest people out there that will still buy them and find a way to move them through the system, just like everything else, pawn shops or, you know, there, there's all kinds of people yeah. that will still handle that. It, uh, clearly, it makes it more difficult, and it's law enforcement's way of doing something. Oh, yeah. And it probably helps. The, yeah. Like I said, I, the one thing that I found interesting in that article was their recommendation was to password protect your um, the control module, which I know you can do. Um, I used to do it to make sure my drivers didn't turn the truck up to 100 miles an hour. Um, but I, I don't see how that helps to stop somebody from stealing it. How do they know it's password protected? Uh -huh. That'd be true. Uh, I don't know, maybe putting a sticker or something on it that would let them know. Now, that's a good idea. They they should have recommended that in the, the article. Put a password on it and then put a big, you know, fluorescent sticker on it that says it's password protected. Yeah. And, you know, even with a PDE or DOT or something like that. Then I know, just wonder um, how hard would it be for the people who are stealing these things to figure out how to break the password anyway? I don't think it's all that yeah, difficult uh, to disable a password on one. Yeah, well, it's true. And just I just thought of them getting stolen and what the local PDs are doing up yeah. around my area. Well, we may see more stuff like that with would, these would help. with these control modules. I should remember. Maybe I'll just send uh, Leroy a message and ask him if if you stole a control module, is it how hard is it to to disable the password if you had to? Yeah, that would be true. And just uh, another ways of trying to make sure that your truck is safe. So yep. All thank right. you very much for uh, taking my. Thank you very much for taking my idea back to basics. It uh, really has evolved past what I would think it would be. So yeah, yeah, that's a that that's a good segment. We're going to continue to uh, to do more of that. I think it. I, I learn every time we do it. Let's uh, let's go to Idaho. This is the last call I have on the board. And uh, I will probably wrap it up here if I don't get calls. I've got a lot going on today. Um, it's still snowing like crazy. I have to uh, get to the airport later today. So we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up if we don't get any more calls. If you want to squeeze in, now would be the time. 855-950-3835. We're off to Idaho. Andrew, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Um, so I've got a ton of questions, um, but I'm pretty sure you can direct me in the right spot to answer them. Um, I, I think a few weeks ago you had someone uh, from an insurance company on your show, and I was looking to get that person's information if I could. I just got my DOT authority, and I'm trying to get active. 
investment, insurance is my last step. I'm getting the runaround from different brokers or agents and the quotes are all over the place. I'm just looking to hone in my skills on what I actually need. Okay. Um, send a message to support at Let's Truck. Um, you know, put attention my name so they get it over to me and then I will forward you um, that agency's information. Um, one thing I would take, you know, out of this call, um, you said your last step is insurance. I tell people it should be your first step. And it's not easy, you know, if you well, try calling first. and getting quotes yeah. and you don't have your authority yet, they, sometimes they'll give you the runaround. But it, it's a good idea to go check into, uh, insurance is one of the things that gets even more complicated in trucking because it's it's the the insurance rules and regulations are dictated at the state level. And the states are wildly different. You could take somebody with the same experience, the same truck, the same everything, and the rate could be double because of the state they're in. Um, then there are issues right. with certain driving, certain things on your driving record. And I, I've had people go through this whole process and then find out they either can't get insurance or they can't afford it. Right. No, I, I did do that. I did get oh, the good. quote. I, I've good. been listening to you for years. I did get the quote first, but then, you know, coming into it, my, my thought is that I would do power only. Um, I'm working with truckstop.com. Um, I have ATBS. I've, I've been in this for 10 years. I've just been leased to a carrier. Right. And now yeah. I'm trying to take some of my other, some of my trucks and get my own authority and operate it so I can walk away from the leased good. carrier um, good. altogether. But so I just, it, it, like you said, there's, there's so much in the details of it that they don't really seem to know what I should be paying or like the type of insurance I should get if I'm going power only for say like the first six months so I can get past that, um, that uh, receivables um, yeah. issue in the beginning that yeah. most people have, right. bank up some money and then start looking into more of a niche of what type of trailers I feel most comfortable with and whatnot um, under my own authority Yeah. Um, versus being with the lease carriers. I've got yeah, a ton of quotes great, <laughs> and they're yeah. all relatively close. They're between 10,000 and 16,000 a year. Um, but I want to make sure that I'm covered when I do a power only. And if I'm, if I don't own a trailer, I don't know if I should have non owned trailer or just, you know, or uh, this thing called trailer interchange. There's like a bunch of stuff. I just want to make sure the cargo and every the trailer itself is covered as well. But I have all the quotes for sure. Good, good. Okay. Yeah, this is where, you know, you, you want to find a specific agent that you work with, not just a big company where every time you call, you get somebody different. Um, you really, this is a place, especially when you're moving out to your own authority like this, you want that personal relationship with somebody that you trust that when you ask them a question, you get the right answers. Yeah, that was actually another question I was going to have for you. Does it matter when I call this broker or agent? Does it matter how big their operation is? Because I got one of them that's just a solo operator. He's got an office, but he works from home I, most of the time. Um, he's got a decent quote. I, a lot of times I prefer those guys. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I, I I really like small independent people in in just about every case. So yeah, if I can find an agent, I don't care if he works from home 
All that means to me is his costs are a whole lot lower um, and he's probably going to be more reasonable. And typically, really small businesses like that just work harder. I mean, they, they just understand that every every client is important and they usually work hard for them or they won't be in business long. Yeah, I was just curious because he's quoting for uh, Progressive Commercial. So I assumed that he's just helping me get it set up. And then once once they've got the money, that if I had an issue later on down the road or general questions um, that I would have to deal with. No, I would I would ask him most of the time, the agent that that writes the policy is the agent that will service the policy. OK, OK. Yeah, see, that was one of the things I wasn't sure about. Um, that helps a lot. Hey, another quick question for you. Uh, this drug and alcohol consortium, they make it seem like it's required, but they've let me go through the entire process of getting legal without requiring it. Um, do you know what the repercussions are on not going forward with the drug and alcohol consortium? You know, this is, a, this is a compliance question, and I don't. I, I don't know that <laughs> a consortium that. <laughs> is required because you are allowed to set up your own program. But if you don't join a consortium mm-hmm. and you don't set up your own program, then yes, you would be in violation. And I'm sure there's some sort of penalty or fine. So I, I think part of the problem with trying to set up your own is that, and I am talking off the top of my head here, it's compliance. I, I tell people don't put much faith into my answer. Just pretend we're sitting at the liar's counter um, and, and you don't even know who I am. Don't, don't put a whole lot of credibility in my answer. But I have a feeling that, that it's right. next to impossible to run your own program because of the way the, the numbers work. Like you have to choose so many drug tests a quarter, I believe. And if you're the only one in the group, that means you would have to test a lot. Whereas if you go into a group, then that group is required to do so many tests a quarter and you may not get any for a year or more. It's just, it's kind of the luck of the draw. And if you tried to run a really small group, you're going to be tested a lot. Right, right. Now that makes sense. Okay. Um, another question about fuel cards, if you don't mind. Um, in the past, you've spoken about NASIC. Right. Um, the, when I compare discounts, um, ComData seems to be the uh, largest discount um, at all the major truck stops. Okay. However, I, I've noticed over the last 10 the mom and pops across the street from the major truck stops, which is where I go now. Cause I get like really good discounts least to the company I'm with, but the mom and pops are typically cheaper by a lot. Um, and so com data being like their, their discounts of 25 cent off are going to be at those bigger truck stops. Um, what, what's your thought on getting a fuel card and, or just cash flowing um, the fuel expenses, like on a credit card where you get cash back? Um, you know, I'd like to keep lots of options open. Um, it, depending on some of the terms, you might have two fuel cards and also use a credit card when it makes sense. And sometimes, you know, have enough cash handy that if there's some, you know, reason to use cash. So I don't like to just look at this as I have one solution for fuel. I, I would have multiple solutions. Mm-hmm. Nastic is is still a very strong recommendation for me 
because it's a company or, or in a, they're actually an association, but that I think it, they're just a great resource for a lot of things. So if you have their fuel card and they, they have a great drug consortium program and they're really, I think the, the best resource out there for somebody with their own authority, very small with their own authority. That's kind of the whole infrastructure that they've built. So when it comes to the fuel card, don't lock yourself into one option, but I, I would make Nastic one of the options you have. And it's possible that you, you have Understood. a data right. for the bigger stops when, when that's the best deal. And maybe Nastic is where you get your better discounts on the small ones. And then you also carry a credit card when you want to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. I appreciate that information. Two, two more quick questions. I, I know you got to go soon, but um, I've been away from your show for a while now since the uh, out with Sirius XM. Um, do you have, any knowledge or recommendations as far as e-logs go? None. Zero. Um, None? Okay. That's you fine. know, it, in I, the beginning, I, I, I told I, I, people, you might as well just grab one and get started because this industry is going to be a mess for a couple of years. And it really was. Right in the beginning, the first six months, a couple of them went out of business pretty quickly. There's been a little bit of consolidation going on. I, I basically said, you know, it, it, there's a good chance whatever you pick in the beginning, you might end up changing in the next year or two anyway. There, this this industry's brand new. It's going to change a lot. And I, I kind of figured that over time, I would start to get feedback from people. And I really don't. Um, nobody seems to really complain much about their ELD provider or brag much about them. It just seems to be something that you just have to have other than the people who started with yeah. one and they went out of business. And I knew that was going to happen. There, there was no way to avoid that. But um, we can certainly throw it out there. Um, maybe people will call and start to give mm-hmm. us some feedback. But I haven't gotten much feedback on this. Sam Sarah is the one, based on my research, that I think I'm going to land with. Sam Sarah, Sam Sarah, something like that. Um, next question. I, I know how you feel about this in the past, but again, I've been away from the show for a while. What is your opinion on going under your own authority, leaving a major carrier right now um, with two trucks that are million plus mile trucks, but paid for? <clears throat> what's your What's your thoughts on that? I, you know, based on everything I've heard from you and the way you're doing this and how and why, and I think honestly, your timing is perfect. Um, and you don't need to be in a big hurry, but you could certainly just keep moving steadily, which is what you're doing. I think you're in a good position to do this. And I've always said, I think that when you take the time to build a model or make a big change like this in a downturn, it's the best time to do it. If you've run the numbers, you mm-hmm. figured out, look, I, I can make it. I, I can, these rates are okay. If they drop another 20%, I'll still be all right. Um, there are lots of people out there that did the opposite. They jumped in because the rates were right. crazy and freight was everywhere and they are all struggling now. So I think your timing is yeah, just about as good as it could be. Yeah, it seems like about a dollar fifty, dollar sixty a mile would be like probably Bonham, you know, where I'm where I'm starting to, you know, hurt a little bit. Um, 
I don't know if it's going to go that low. I don't I actually. I, you know, some freight rate. is going to go that low, but I, I don't think there's any reason why you have to move freight that low. I think, and I, again, based right. on what I'm hearing from you, I can tell you're doing this right. Um, the people who are struggling because they got in at the top, those are the ones that are going to end up running that dirt cheap freight. It, it, that's just how it always happens. They 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 won't build the relationships. They won't understand the rates and lanes. They'll continue trying to chase the rate, you know, with a different broker every load. And they they are the ones that typically mm-hmm. get stuck with that horrible freight because they're they're just not doing anything right. You know, they got in for the wrong reasons. They got right. in at the wrong time. They got in with the wrong truck. They haven't been doing the things we talk about here all the time. That's why the, these big downturns, when when I talk to people like you, they don't really scare me. I, I see these as more opportunities than anything. The last three years, everybody was making money. Oh. It, it, you couldn't help but make money. Yeah, and you know, when, in the downturn, a lot of people drop out, which changes that supply and demand. Absolutely. So if you're prepared for it, you can grab that. Yep. Yep. And, and then, um, you know, it, it yeah. forces you to be better when the rates drop and freight gets tight. It just forces you to get better. And as long as you're doing the right things, you're tracking your numbers. So you see the trends, then you'll figure out a way to, to get through this. And when you do th- that kind of makes your business bulletproof. I mean, it, our cycles, our, our yeah. economic cycles seem to be getting longer um, we had over a decade this time of good, solid rates, and we'll go through this downturn, and, and my hope is we have another good long run, and, and you'll position yourself to take advantage of that. Right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about it, but super nervous, obviously. Yeah. Um, but that, you have a... Um, you have a software. Um, I used your, your fuel app, and um, but you have another one that's uh, more like bookkeeping and accounting and stuff. What is that one called? That's profit gauges. So you're using fuel gauges and profit gauges is the full accounting and they do work together. I mean, you, you can sync up your, your fuel purchases if you want, or you can turn off the syncing and enter them into the accounting manually. You've got a couple options, but they do work together. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely going to use that. Um, doesn't make any sense not to. Um, it's it's basically the same thing as like QuickBooks, right? But tailored for trucking industry. It, it it's like QuickBooks, but way better. It it is so much easier. <laughs> it's so much cleaner. And honestly, there is no way to hack QuickBooks to get a cost per mile. Can't be done. The only way to get cost per mile out of QuickBooks, you actually have to export your reports in a spreadsheet format, and then build the calculations for cost per mile in the spreadsheet yourself. Whereas ours, the the data entry is so much easier and cost per mile is just built right in. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, I'm not the tech savvy guy, even though I am a millennial. Um, but yeah, that's why I like to just plug the numbers in like your, your fuel gauges and it just makes it simple. Um, so if I had to do all that stuff with QuickBooks, it'd be a no-go. Well, and, and that's really how and why I developed profit gauges. I mean, I had used QuickBooks for my trucks for years and years. Not only did I use it for my trucks, I used QuickBooks for all of our accounting clients. 
We had separate accounts for everybody, but we used QuickBooks for years and years. And it was so labor intensive. It was, it, it, it's a great software. I mean, we still use QuickBooks today for our business. I, I've used QuickBooks since the time it came out, like 1989 or 90 is when QuickBooks came out. I've been using it every day ever since. But on my trucks, because of the cost per mile thing, it, it was just too much work. And, and I wrote profit gauges based on what I wished QuickBooks would be and what it would do. So there's a lot of QuickBooks influence in the program. It's just, it's so much better. Well, that's perfect. You found a problem and you solved it. So that's exactly what business is, right? So, hey, I could talk to you all day, but um, so general questions out of the way, um, I'm pretty knowledgeable. But based on the call, is there anything that uh, you felt I should have asked that I didn't that you might just throw my way? Nothing came to mind while you were talking and even thinking about it now. It sounds to me like you've got a really solid plan here and you're just working your way through it. I'm really not hearing anything, um, certainly nothing major. Uh, it sounds like you've got all that taken care of. I, so no, I, I, I think you're on the right track. Just keep doing what you're doing. Again, you don't have to be in a big hurry. Um, and it doesn't sound like you are. It sounds like you're really taking your time and you're doing this right. So now I have a question for you. Sure. So I, you said you haven't really been listening much since we were off series. How'd you find us again? Um, I got your email, um, and then I downloaded your Let's Truck app. Um, so I, I tune in every now and then. Currently, I um, I train uh, new drivers, new CDL holders okay. for a mega carrier as an owner-operator, and I just get really busy. And, <laughs> you know, it's uh, I, I drive nights, and, you know, I try not to touch the phone. And I know it's no excuse. I could have been listening this whole time. Um, but you know just as well as i do if i listen every single day at some point it becomes repetitive absolutely um so yeah, i figured no okay let's just let's focus on and then come back to it and um so it's just shifting focus is all it was got it all right good stuff well i want to hear from you more often i, I buy yeah for sure uh, you and i actually had a call um back when you were still in serious i think it was three years ago um, and I sent you an email with a breakdown of a business idea of doing a course for budgeting on an irregular income. Oh, and yeah. um, it's sad to say, but I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad you say it all the time that you have tabled projects everywhere. And um, that's pretty much one for me. I've got the course done um, with the exception of one segment of it. And I mean, it's probably an hour or two of work. It's just. It's not the fun part of it, right? And um, <laughs> uh, like I said, I've just been busy. So it's tabled. It's, it's there. It exists. Um, I'd love to shoot it over to you, and um, you can take a look at it if you want. Absolutely. And here's, you know, one of the things we were able to do in our university, and I have to see if we've got this functionality when we move it over. We had the ability to to put other authors' courses in our university and then do a revenue sharing. Um, and we're always looking for good content. So, yes, yeah, send that over. 
And I'll check to see if we have the ability to do that in the new infrastructure or not. Um, Because that would be an excellent course. You know, I I always send people now on on any kind of budgeting issues to, to Dave Ramsey, and he does a great job. But a lot of his material doesn't cover deep enough into when your when your revenue is so irregular. Yeah, yeah, no, I started with Dave Ramsey. That's how I got debt free. The only more the only payment I have is the mortgage. But um, I can shoot it over to you. Just yeah. um, like I said I'm busy. I got three and a wife, and <laughs> you know, so it you know it, it'd be a slow uh, back and forth if we if we move yeah. forward with it. No, nope, no problem. <laughs> So, all right, Kevin, I appreciate your time today. Uh, thank you so much. And um, yeah, have a great day on purpose, brother. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Ohio. Paul, welcome to the program. Howdy. Uh, I've got to add a couple of things now. Okay. If you're going westbound on, if you're going westbound on I-80 in Ohio and you failed to fix any defects in your truck, after you did your pre-trip inspection, the Hubbard Way Station will give you an orange sticker so you can park there for a long time. They are very busy today. Ah, all right. And, yeah, they're putting guys out of service, and they're doing lots of inspections. So they have plenty of people there to help you with your pre-trip if you don't know how to do it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, you can turn it into a learning experience. Right. Um. The Comdata fuel card, I'm leased to a carrier, and we have Comdata fuel card. I bought fuel in Breezewood, Pennsylvania the other night, Monday night. The pump price was 599.9, and I got it for $4.49. Wow. Which is a pretty good discount. Sure is. And then, uh, yeah. And the ELD, we use Motive, which used to be the Keep Trucking, and it's they've just made a few changes in the last couple of weeks, but it's still simple to use, and it's reliable. And Good. It don't, only one time it gave me problems, and I think we've been on it for like three years now. So, and the problem was partly something that I did. So, (laughs) yeah. So I went to Pennsylvania to go to our favorite repair shop. So while I was there, I was busy looking at uh, truck prices to kill time. Yeah. Some people got to be out of their mind. (laughs) 389 Peterbilt for $259,000. I know. I have seen such ridiculous prices. The crazy part is people are buying them. Yeah. And there, there was even a a new Volvo like Joel's, pretty much like Joel's. I think it was a six before, though, I think. And it was 225 I nearly fell over backwards. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. So trucks are not as cheap as they used to be. So. No. Yeah. So I'll, I might just have to buy my next one, one piece at a time. So yeah, there you I'll go. I'll buy a new trailer. Yeah, so that might be my next plan of attack. But 
Pittsburgh Power were very busy yesterday afternoon. I've not seen that many drivers in that waiting room. There was standing room only, just about there at one stage. So Yeah. They're keeping busy. There you go. So, that's all I got today. That's all I need. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Texas. Dwight, welcome to the program. Hey, good morning. Um, well, I, I have had a good 2022. And uh, so, therefore, the IRS is going to take a big bite out of me. They did last year, and it's going to be a double this year. So I've got to try to come up with a, some kind of plan. And uh, my tax guy hadn't been a whole lot of help. I went and found a man-wife team that has the that top designation that you recommend. And, uh, I, I, you know, but anyway, I've got to I've got to do something to um, try to help myself uh, for taxes, and I've got a short time to do it. Um, I thought about going and buying a trailer or buy something for my farm, but the tax guy tells me if I buy something for my farm, it's not going to help me because that's not where my income's coming from. Well, he's um, so. First off, I, I want to approach this a couple different ways. One, I'm not a fan of buying something when my only incentive to buy it is taxes. If, if the only reason I decided to go buy something is taxes, then I shouldn't go buy it. Keep the money in your pocket and give the IRS their 30%. I mean, here's the difference. It, it, I'll just explain this with really easy numbers. You've got $1,000 in your hand right now, and you have... Two choices. You could just keep the $1,000 and the IRS is going to get roughly 300 of it and you still have $700 in your pocket to do whatever you want with. Or you could Venmo me that $1,000 right now for consulting services, totally legitimate deduction, and I get the $1,000 and you don't have to pay any tax. I'll pay the $300 to the IRS. Who's really better off here? I am. I still have $700. Well, I can have, have a... Nothing. Now, now, if you truly needed the service that I was offering and it was of value to you, then that makes sense. But if you're just saying, look, I'm tired of paying so much tax, I'm going to go buy something, that never makes sense to me. Just pay the tax. And keep the rest of the money. Well, I'd rather have a new trailer. I'd rather have a new trailer or a new tractor that I I can use. Now, the trailer would not benefit me. The trailer I'm talking about, because I do mainly drop and hook. I'm leased to a big carrier. I do well, drop let, and let's, hook. Let, let's take a step and, back again. If you say I'd rather, well, then it's your business. I mean, go do it. But... The other way to look at it is, does this really add to my bottom line or does it take away from my bottom line? I can show many times where you go buy a new tractor, a new trailer, you will have less profit at the end of that year than if you didn't go buy that. Well, 
I do. I, I can. The, the trailer I'm talking about would allow me to do some side business. Um, so a, away yeah. from. So trucking. again, it, it's a math problem. Will that side business generate enough profit, not revenue, enough profit to make this make sense? And if it does, then, well, sure, go buy it. But if if the yeah. only real reason to buy something is to lower tax, I'd rather just pay the tax and keep the money. Yeah. Now, when well, he's, so that's one, that's my approach. Now, when he says buying something for your farm isn't going to help because that's not where your revenue is, that's not a completely accurate statement. If I have one business well, that's really so. profitable, but let's say I do need a new piece of farm equipment or it would really make sense for me to go get one. Well, that loss, if, if buying that equipment creates a loss on my farm, that loss offsets the revenue from the other business. So I'm not understanding what he's saying. Well, I, that was, that's my thought. Uh, and uh, I'm thinking about switching tax, tax guys uh, coming up, um, which uh, is kind of brings me to another deal. Uh, on my fuel surcharge, I get a fuel surcharge, and uh, how should that be handled on my on my taxes? Should it be a? It shouldn't be handled. It should be ignored. It's just revenue. It's revenue like any other revenue. It, there, there's no reason to even think about handling it any different. It, it's just revenue. Okay, so uh, it so it it comes out on the ten ninety nine. That is revenue. That's not an expense. Absolutely, it's revenue. Fuel. Somebody is paying you that money. That's the definition of revenue. Okay. Okay. All righty. Well, Mark say I. Uh, I I have luckily. Uh, like you, I've made some choices, and uh, I've done a hard work for a couple of years. I'm I'm now on a dedicated run, you know, making making great money, double the over double what everybody else is making, and excellent. Uh, so uh, I, I'm I'm doing I'm I'm doing that. I've got a good relationship. Uh, I've done ninety. Over 98% of all my loads this year with the same broker, same load. So, and they're telling me I've got nine more months on this contract. That's fantastic. And the the only downside to being really successful is you have to pay a lot of tax. And there are a few ways around it, but but not that many. Um, you're, you're, You're going to pay a lot of tax when you make a lot of money. Um, it's just how well, it goes, but, but having a good, well, let me throw this out. making sure you're really taking advantage of everything you can is important, but, but no matter how much you do that, if you're successful, you're just going to pay a lot of tax. Well, let me throw this out there. Okay. Um, I'm driving a paid for truck. Um, 
I, I bought it because it was cheap. Um, if if you get right down to it, it's everything's wrong about it. Um, it's um, <laughs> you know it's um, it is our dy- dynamic. It's a Volvo, uh, but uh, it's got three seven three rear ends. My my fuel economy is terrible. It's a mid roof. It, yeah, it'd be nice to be a condo pulling these vans. Um, I don't know. It, it's what maybe a half mile per gallon, but um, you know the truck's older. I, it, it is a, a million mile truck now. Does have a uh, a new actually out of frame on it. So uh, my the, you know, so the motor's pretty solid right now. Uh, the truck's starting to fall apart, but uh, man, I just can't get any fuel mileage out of it yet. But I'm gonna work on that. But I, so I don't. So the truck's paid for, and uh, but boy, I tell you what, these. Oof, I don't know that I, I'm not ready to jump out there and buy a brand new truck right now. No, I, so, I th- uh, this was not the market to be buying new trucks. They're so overpriced. They were hard to get. You had to wait a long time. There, it, it, there's as much as I like to be able to absolutely control the specs and order everything exactly the way I want it. There were many times when I was buying trucks that I, I would just go try to find a truck that was around a year or so old or less. Those sometimes are your absolute best value. You know, if you can get the basic specs right, I can modify other things. But finding that truck that's that that big initial depreciation hit has already occurred is usually the best value. Right. But this is a, a, a more complicated calculation. I mean, if, if we really want to know if this makes sense, we have to take into account co- total cost of ownership. What what is this current truck costing us in fuel? What's it costing us in maintenance and insurance? Those are kind of the three big variables. Then you have to predict. If I go buy a newer truck, doesn't have to be brand new, newer or just a different truck, let's say, can I lower the overall cost? And the things I can look at is what am I going to pay to get this truck? What is the possible fuel economy, what are the likely maintenance costs, how much more on insurance, and then one more factor, I do get a tax break because I went and bought something new. I can depreciate this. So that's a fairly complicated calculation, and we have to do a lot of guessing. We don't have all the answers. We have to speculate on some of them, but that's really what we would look at. I, I don't care if your truck has 3 million miles on it. It may still make sense to keep it. Well, the motor now has a hundred thousand miles on it, so the the motor's fine, and I may may um, uh, may I won't begin to do it this year, but I'm thinking seriously. Um, even the transmission and rear end, because it's got a ten speed. So, well, I, well uh, again, I I wouldn't do those things till they were necessary. D- don't do that. I'm going to cut you loose. I got to get to a bunch of calls here, and we're. Coming up on rolling toe here. Um, let's go to South Carolina. Terrence, welcome. How's it going? I got a question about 
the elixir you were talking about yesterday. But here's here's what my regimen is as far as the the aptogens are as now. When I do my coffee in the morning, I use the um, cacao mix with the peptides in it. I forget which one it is. Okay. So I do that like my regular cups of coffee. I just put one of them in. Yeah. And then uh, now I started doing the the, the reishi at night. At night. Now you yesterday when when after I hung up with you, you started saying what you mix. You mix an elixir. Now is that that a forcematic elixir? The, the, or the, the, the specific one with reishi in it? Yeah, well, there, there okay. is a four-sigmatic elixir that's primarily reishi. I think it has some holy basil in it and um, maybe some ashwagandha. I've looked at so many other products now, I, okay, I so, some of them confused. But it is an elixir. It's primarily reishi. It, and you could mix that right into okay. your coffee. And it's got quite a bit of reishi in it. It's no, product. I was talking about the thing. Yeah, for, so one at night. You were saying a mix. Is that the one that's in the orange box or is it a different? I use one packet of the cacao with reishi and then I use one packet of the reishi elixir and I do about 12 ounces and and the taste is good. The elixir is actually a little on the kind of the bitter earthy side, which which I actually like. Um, Okay. and, And it's a nice big dose of reishi with those two. Oh, okay. Do you know what color is the box on that? Do you remember? Oh, you know, the one for the Alexa. It's blue too. I think blue is their reshi. Okay, it's all right. See, you don't have that one. I don't think you don't carry that Alexa in the store. Don't. I haven't seen it yet. I think we're going to be getting it in. Okay, I'll have to see if I could get see if I get it on the But uh, and the last night, see, I net, I didn't haven't been doing the uh, the hot honey. So I put some uh, hot honey that I got from around, you know, local. Yeah. And what a difference that made with those, because I put coconut in it, coconut oil, and uh, and that, oh, my God. Isn't that <laughs> this, good? It just, like, rounds it off. It's, yeah, it's amazing, man. Yeah, it gives it all kinds of All right, of I know you got to go. I just want, I want, yeah, I want, I don't know if you, which one it was, so I can, because, like I said, the, the Rishi just, my sleep is, is, is improved so much. Yeah. And it's it, not the length. It's just the, the sleep that I get. Yep. And, and yeah, now I, I get it. All right. I got to move along. I'm going to try to get through these calls and not uh, not hold up rolling toe today. Let's go to Tennessee. Mike, welcome. Hey, happy holidays, Kevin. It's uh, me again from yesterday. Yeah. A uh, couple of things I wanted to talk about, and I'm sorry to keep you from your trip to Vegas. Stay away from the crap tables. Um. Number one, I've recently been diagnosed diabetic, type 2, with an AC1H8. That was it. Then the doctors. And and welcome to the disease. My doctor really didn't do anything except take metformin. And now it's all on me. What was your. And I've been researched how to treat. It was an 8. Oh, that's pretty high. I'm uh, yeah, that's elevated. Elevated. I'm at I was at two fifty two pounds, now I'm down to two forty seven after three weeks. And you know, other than carbohydrates minimize and eliminating all the sweets that I've been throwing in my body. Uh, I know better. I mean I was an athlete, so being a truck driver kinda makes it hard. No it doesn't. Um stop lying being to also, yourself. Well I, uh, well, I'm saying this, this is my personal challenge. I have been researching on the internet, wherever I could find, 
uh, trying to find an application that's basically dedicated for truck drivers with diabetes. I don't know do if anything like that exists. What do you mean an application? I went to the American Diabetes Association, don't and they've that. got meal planners, don't, don't diet planners. Stop. Oh, oh. Stop. Their meal plans and all okay. of their advice are designed to keep you diabetic the rest of your life. Okay. And you don't need an app. Um, the only thing, don't, don't overcomplicate uh, this. Let me tell you how to get your A1C no, right in line IT in about three yeah. months. <laughs> okay. Eat mostly animal products. Uh, is that what that guy meant about carnivorous? Yeah, carnivore. Meat, eggs, fish, Car dairy, cheese, stuff that comes from animals. The more of that you eat and the less plants you eat, and forget processed food, that's just out completely. Just throw all that crap out the window. The more animals you eat, the faster you will normalize your A1C. It's that simple. We don't need an app. Don't complicate this. And do not take advice okay. from any group that has diabetic in their name. They all suck. Okay. Seriously, their advice is um, horrendous. It, it is designed to do one thing, keep you diabetic the rest of your life. And the fact that you lost like what? five pounds in three weeks tells me you're not eating properly. I can lose five pounds in a day. My my weight can swing that much in a day or two easy. That that I don't even consider five pounds weight loss. That's just a variance. But you, if you are eating mostly carnivore, you will start losing a pound a day. That's not unusual. That's the norm. Okay. I'm driving right now. Uh, and and notes. drop the metformin and take berberine instead. Uh, I mean, I, I'll go back to the doctor. And no, don't go back to the doctor because if you tell the doctor you're dropping your metformin and you're going to take berberine instead, he's going to tell you you're an idiot and there's no proof that supplements actually work and blah, 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 blah. I, it, it, you have a choice here and I'm going to tell you what your choice is. Stick with your doctor in the American Diabetes Association and you'll be diabetic the rest of your life. Metformin will be your first drug. Trulia will probably, not Trulia, true, Trulicity uh, will probably be your second. Three or four years from now, you'll be put on a third drug because you will still be um, insulin resistant. You'll be more insulin resistant three or four years and you'll suffer all of those medical consequences that all diabetics do. Or you can ignore the doctors and the Diabetic Association and follow the functional medicine doctors who are recommending keto and carnivore, and you'll actually cure your diabetes in a couple months. And as long as you eat that way the rest of your life, it will never come back. I'm, I'm going to listen to the playback. Could you spell out that, I guess, in dropping metaform and, and you recommended something else? Berberine. So and it, I can a, listen it, to the playback. It's a very simple supplement. Berberine comes from a berry. Um, you can actually get the berries and eat them, but they're, it's almost impossible to get them fresh. 
Um, and the supplement works better mm -hmm. anyway. I mean, we carry berberine in our store. You can find berberine in any health food store. It's a pretty basic supplement. There's absolute proof, tons of testing that it's every bit as effective as metformin with no side effects. Okay. And I'm not making excuses and I'm listening to you and I understand you. My, my, I guess I was looking for recipes on what to eat on the truck that doesn't taste like crap. What, uh, so I don't want to be eating do you, do you, you know, puff do, rice the rest you, of my life. Do you like baby back ribs? Oh, I love them. Then eat them. Do you like a, a good burger? Okay. Cheese and bacon? <laughs> yeah, I felt like I cheated yesterday at Wendy's, but I understand threw away the bun. Well, then why did you cheat? Uh, I've been driving this why, truck. Why would you consider that cheating if well, you threw like away the bun and ate the meat? It's just uh, based on what I've read. You know, indicating that you, know, you should be able to, to eat healthier instead of fast food. That's all. Well, what? Well, we have to define healthier. The way you're eating now, skip all the fast food. The way you're eating now is garbage. I can honestly cure people's diabetes, yeah. and they can eat 100 percent at fast food restaurants. Now, I, I'm not going to recommend that, okay. but I would recommend that over eating the standard American diet and being diabetic the rest of your life. Yeah, I see your point. Um, like I said, I'm new at all of this, and I'm struggling, and so, I'm just like, okay, I'll go on the meat meat diet. Yeah. It, 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 and not just meat. There's eggs. Eggs are awesome. Dairy. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I, I don't necessarily want people to overdo the dairy, but cheese is a nice addition. But eggs, fish, all seafood, you know, anything. Yeah, with I've been eating a lot of tuna fish. Eat it. But, but the more plants okay. you stay away from, the, the faster we're going to fix this. All right. All right. Thank you. And uh, I yeah. wanted to follow up. Yeah, just unless you have more to say, just, just keep calling and, and especially call on Wednesdays. We will take even more time with health questions on Wednesdays. Um, I have two more questions. So, um, Angie, if you just let uh, let the Becketts know, I'm going to wrap up these two questions because I've got them and then uh, we'll get them started. Let's go to Minnesota. Dan, welcome to the program. Hi, I'll try and make it as quickly as I can here. Uh, so I bought a truck over a month ago in the state, and I live in Minnesota, and it's still, I'm, I'm waiting to hear back from anything. I'm trying to do the title transfer and get a plate and all that taken care of, but I, for some reason, Minnesota, I just cannot seem to get anything done here. I, I'm from Iowa, where it took me half an hour to do all that, and I'm out the door, and here it's been over a month, and I tried the e-service account online and it just said pending forever now it says active but no plate for this truck or anything so i just i know matt listens quite a bit and calls in so i didn't know if even he'd be able to help me out with this issue of who to go to or i try call the state and i'm on hold for hours at a time and finally i just gotta hang up because i'm at my well, wits end with everything we can help you here. So uh, Angie already told me that she's got your information. She's going to pass it on to Matt, so Matt can help okay. you. 
Uh, I have another recommendation. Move back to Iowa. Yeah. I'd, oh, I'd love to. I would so love to. My wife probably divorced me, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I... It was I, so much, Everything was so much more streamlined in Iowa versus I, Minnesota. It's just insane what you got to go through here. I do understand your frustration because I have registered vehicles, commercial vehicles in Ohio, Florida, Colorado, Oregon, Washington... Um, I've been through the hassles. Some states are much easier than others. I've also registered what they consider a commercial vehicle, a tractor, as a non-commercial vehicle because I was using it just to pull an RV around. And that is a total nightmare. We actually spent eight hours one day here in Oregon in person at the DMV trying to get that done. So I, I, I understand your pain, but this is why I would prefer the government not do these kind of things because they just suck at it. Yep. Yeah, when I first moved to Minnesota to transfer my truck up here, it took six months, all six months. And I, I thought it was because it was right during COVID. Yeah, but here it, we are a month into it already and still nothing. I know. Well, Matt, Matt's got your information, so Matt's going to help you out with this one. Okay. Well, I look forward to it. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Matt will be able to help you a lot more than I can on the radio right now. Let's uh, let's wrap this up in Texas. Mark, you get the final word. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is Mark in uh, Houston today. Uh, Paul's friend, the car hauler that he ups out. Yeah. Okay, so like you know, I've been doing this on my own now for like about eight years. Nastic. It's the way to go in more ways than one. I just bought fuel in Baytown, pump price three, uh, 476 my price 346 You know, I, like, like you just to three, said. To 346 Yeah, it, their, their fuel cart has always been top-notch. People love it. And I, honestly, all of their services. I mean, I, I've looked. There, there's just nobody yeah, let me get, that, that, that helping. They got, they got insurance services. Right. They got insurance services. You get access to that. You get access to Rick Gobble. You get access to Henry Seaton. You get access to people that have been in the business a long time in all different facets. If you have a question on compliance or entry-level audits or, you know, and if he does his entry-level audit uh, with his own authority, uh, find, a con- find a consultant that works in your state with the, the, the state DOT because they come there. They're representing the federal government to do the entry-level audit. Uh just those are the basics right there. I mean, you, there's some other stuff. You, oh, can I give you a restaurant, a couple of restaurant tips for Vegas, get you a good steak? Because I was out there climbing mountains. Herb and Rise and uh, Primal Steakhouse. Uh, excellent choice. Uh, probably $65 for a steak. You'll enjoy it. Sounds excellent. Uh, but, yeah, Nastic is the way to go uh in more ways than one it feels great that's why i went there but i found these other resources and everybody says well i gotta take the class take the class oh drug consortium you get to do you get drug testing through them you get in their class they'll show you how to run it if you want to run it yourself they they do all of that so here's the thing mark i've heard people make that complaint for years oh i have to take a class you shouldn't be complaining about that it's a really good class you actually learn quite a bit it is. You get access to David Owens. You get access to everybody yeah. that's there. It's like you get access. It's like you build relationships. We always talk. Every time I call, we talk about building relationships. 
build relationships. Use it for that advantage right there. Yes. Uh, I mean, I've never been to one of the conventions, but I want to go because I know people that go. And it's like, I mean, so, you know, anyway, I think it's a good value. And and it's just, I mean, I I sure like them. And it's like I said, you'll always get happy, nice people when you get them on the phone. And they'll all, oh, ELD. Uh, motive is the way to go. Uh, Nastic had big roads. The big roads got horrible service, so I switched to Motive, which is keep trucking. Can't complain. Except dealing with the Indians. They're a pain in the behind to deal with them. Yeah. They're all run by Indians or Canadians, so you got to look beyond that. And, uh, you know, anyway, so. Got it. Uh, it, it it's necessary. It's it's, you got to have it, so it, you got to right. find one that works with you. And if you don't like it, just, just like as you say, Go to the next one. So, yep. yep. All right. That's, hey, good. that's Mark, all I really got. So, great, great stuff. I am going to move along. I know the Becketts are standing by patiently, so I'm going to wrap this up today. I'm going to uh, go play in the snow a little bit, and then I got to head to the airport and to Vegas. So, uh, I'll be working this weekend. I'll give you an update on everything next week. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always. Do the hard work and master the journey.